Hey, you're listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Frank Robinson. This is part two of our leadership session entitled, Will the Real Leaders Please Stand Up? Um, this is actually taken from a, a television show. Um, actually, the show has been out since, what, 1956 or something like that. But it had like four celebrity panelists and uh, presented with three contestants. And each individual uh, had to identify which is the central uh, character. So each of the characters like told different lies and exaggerated different things. And that's what I'm really feeling with the leadership today. We've got to know who the leaders are. And so that's why I said, will the real leaders please stand up. Um, so I'm excited. You know, I'm always saying I'm excited, but listen, I'm really excited because I have a guest co-host with me uh, today to share with us. Um, and it's Pastor Ruben Del Pilar, and he's from California. Um, and interesting enough, I met this brother from afar off. I'm, I'm going to put it like that, from afar off, because I met him when I, um, I heard him at a conference, y'all. And I, I'm going to boldly say, out of everyone I heard, this brother caught my attention. Uh, let me put it this way. The anointing caught my attention. <laughs> and and I said, I, this is somebody I got to connect with. And I reached out to him on Facebook and rest is history. We've just been keeping in contact. Pastor Ruben, listen, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Well, Pastor Frank, it's such an honor to be on here on your podcast. Uh, I'm excited um, just to be a part of this, especially in the time that we're in. Mm. Um, you know, just a little bit about myself. I'm a, I want to say a third generation pastor. Uh, my parents uh, pastored for 39 years, um, and uh, I kind of followed in their footsteps. My, my, my grandmothers were were in ministry full time, um, and so I come from my dad's. Most of his brothers and uh, were all pastors, so I come from a. A long lineage of, of pastors. It's something that I didn't want to do, obviously, um, coming from the pastorate and seeing my parents and the struggles. Yes. Um, but uh, but I, I like to say you can't ever run away from your calling. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I come from a long line of pastors and, and just um, now my wife and I have been pastoring for five years at church. Wow. Uh, my parents uh, pastored a Spanish church and we felt the Lord was calling us to an English ministry, hmm. uh, more of a multi-ethnic. And I'll share a little later mm-hmm. um, what that looks like. But uh, we have a church called Community Worship Center in uh, Gardena, California, which is about 17 minutes south of downtown Los Angeles. Mm. Um, and the Lord has blessed us in the last five years. We've seen um, exponential growth and um, so many things have transpired in five years of ministry that we've been a part of so i'm excited man, man. I, I'm, I'm a musician at heart i went to school for music really um yeah i i went to school for music i've been playing music my whole life toured did all that good stuff mm-hmm. um and uh so god has called me to the ministry so that's what we've been for the last five years pastoring my wife and i so we're excited about it that's yeah. what's up that's that five that grace oh yeah man i do understand <laughs> man i understand that's yes, awesome sir. man that's awesome uh you know uh the leadership conversations that we've been having uh and this is like i said part two the feedback 
uh, has been really mind blowing. And it's really what's overdue. Um, that is that straightforward talk, that no nonsense, the conversations that are just today. Hey, listen, it is what it is about leadership. And I, and I say that because, because leadership is so very important. All aspects, all levels of leadership is so very important that we can't afford to continue to slap a title there and here and, and expect results. So I'm, I love working with leaders. I love pulling the best out of people and, and recognizing, you know, their potential. And sometimes they don't recognize their own calling. But he's been as Paul told Timothy, stir up that gift. And uh, so that's what the Lord has placed on my heart uh, through the podcast and through other opportunities of teaching and preaching all around. So we're going to just dive right on into it, man. I know you, you're ready and I'm ready. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about is that one of the issues today is the assurance, if you would, of leaders being in a proper place, a place that would be would be productive. Uh, they will be effective and they will be useful. Uh, I know the Bible says, uh, uh, "Look out amongst you." You know, how are some of the ways, in your opinion, Pastor, uh, some of the ways to really assure that we've chosen the right leader? You know what's interesting about this, Pastor Frank, is that um, even Jesus chose Judas. <laughs> and so um, I look at it like this. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, when, when I go back to the, the, the conversation of Jesus and Judas, um, the Bible says in Luke chapter six, I believe it's verse 12 and on, that Jesus prayed all night on the mountaintop. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And then right after that, he chose he chose his 12 apostles. And Judas was the 12th of those apostles. Wow. Yeah. And I and I realized this as a mm -hmm. pastor. And, and I'm, I'm in line with you because I love mm -hmm. leadership. Mm -hmm. I am constantly, like, I love Maxwell and all these leadership yeah. books. I eat those things up. And uh -huh. I'm constantly trying to continue to grow mm -hmm. as a leader. Um, and I, I do a lot of leadership development, development in my church. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized this that sometimes a Judas is necessary mm, 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 for your ministry. Mm. I realize wow. that, and, and you said this one thing, I really I, I really am careful with my anointing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm really careful with mm. um, what God has placed in my in my life because your anointing can seep out. Yes. And it can seep out on leaky vessels. And so oh I'm going to share with you, this is what the Lord showed me Jesus. in the month of March. Mm -hmm. He showed me seven things in this pandemic that we're in and, and the, the social injustice and the racism that we've been in. The Lord showed me seven things and mm -hmm. he said this. He says, I'm exposing the counterfeit mm. and, I'm, and I'm revealing the authentic. I'm exposing the counterfeit and I'm revealing the authentic. And this is what he said. He says, I'm shaking, sifting, and then shifting into a new dimension. Give that to me one more time. Shaking. Shaking. Sifting. Shh. And then shifting into a new, another dimension. My God. So, and this is what the Lord told me. He said, he says, and I'm starting mm. in my house. I'm starting in the church. Good God. And I kid you not, Pastor Frank, yeah, yeah, the yeah. moment that happened, I got a call. And I was from a, a pastor friend. He said, hey, man, this guy's going through this. And this pastor's mm -hmm. going through this. And the Lord said, I'm exposing that which has been hidden. I'm exposing the counterfeit pastor and the counterfeit leader. Ooh. And I said, my God, Lord. My God. And then, he, again, he's exposing because exposure is not good. 
think about a camera. Yeah, yeah. You, you and I, you know, mm-hmm. we we the old school, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. when you had that camera back in the day. <laughs> if you open up that camera, that's it. And it was exposed to the sun. Messed the film it up. Was destroyed. That's right. That's right. So, so you need you need a dark room in order to develop ah, that film. Jesus. And on, discipleship man. is the dark room. You know, prayer is the dark room. Uh, uh, travailing is the dark room where God develops us as leaders so that he can reveal us to the world so then he's exposing the counterfeit and then he says I'm revealing because revealing is God showing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who has been authentic who has been travailing who has been praying who has been seeking who has been behind the scenes doing what he has been asking of them and so in this season God is mm-hmm. doing those things and then it comes to shaking yeah, because yeah. he still has to shake this is why and, and you know I, I'm I'm not against any pastors that have closed or anything. Mm-hmm. I, we closed for a time, mm-hmm. but we just reopened. Okay. We're, we're in a we're in a very liberal state, California, where the yeah. governor he don't care. He's trying to close everybody. We can't worship, and and that's that's a you tell me I can't worship. Yeah, I'm gonna go to jail. I said I'm going to jail, like literally. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and so we've been we we we've had service and we've been having service you know taking all necessary precautions mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at the same time i realized that there's some churches that have just literally said we're closing for the rest of the year good god and i said god wait a minute come on didn't you say that the gates of hell shall not prevail against your church mm-hmm. or are we to close something that you never ordained for us to close good god we don't have that authority you're helping you're helping and so I'm 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 in this in this mindset that God is he's he's shaking things up. Yeah. And and then there's a sifting and then then he's gonna shift. And I believe that, that there's gonna be a second great great awakening. I believe there's a, a revival that's about to hit this place. So I say all that to say about leadership that God is he's he's removing and he's adding. Mm, mm. <laughs> and he's removing the Judases because think about this. Two of them were used by the enemy, but only one, Peter, repented. Judas only relented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So what was the difference? It's, it's true repentance will tell me more about a person than the one who's sorry they got caught. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, I'm looking for, are you repenting? Yeah. Not yeah. are you relenting, are you repenting? Repenting. Are you sorry? So these, these are things that I always look for in leaders, and, mm-hmm. and I'm... I'm you know, again, we ain't always going to get it right. I don't get it right. Right. You know, I've right. I have some great leaders and I've made some mistakes along the way. And, mm-hmm. and I've chosen the wrong person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. along the way. But I also believe that Judas keeps me humble. Judas keeps yeah. me in prayer. Get you prayer, man. Yes, he will. <laughs> it keeps me seeking. So, you know, I know that was a lot, but I just want no, to man. say that. Uh-uh. That's what's up. That's what's up. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and it's funny because even before you said, I wrote it down. J- Judas was necessary, but um, that that's right on time, man. That's right on time. And it's definitely the heart of even this conversation, because one of the things that we need to get back to is that servanthood as well. Yeah. Um, you know right. what? What someone once told me. You know, let me see what you're doing first before I have to put a title on it. And it's very important that we get back to that place of of seeking the towel rather than a title come on you know come on. and because jesus said listen i came to serve i didn't come right. to, to to get have the entourage i didn't come to show you how many armor bearers i could have around you i didn't come to for all these things that we've put in place right. you know that we've put in place to to to, right. to you know glorify us certainly not the father so it's that servanthood also that i know i look for um 
And I, I used to always have a saying, matter of fact, I, I used to uh, uh, pastor a church up in Philly and uh, before I came down here to North Carolina as well. But one of the things, if you got to tell me that you have my back, you don't have my back. Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> if you got to tell me that, then since some wrong that it's more uh, assuring to you. You trying to convince yourself? I don't know, but you know that that's what I, one of the things I've always kind of held on to is 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 that looking for that servanthood because I served. I watched my father serve, you know, and in turn, like you, like you, I came from a lineage of of pastors and and bishops and apostles and you know different individual prophets, you know, and and it's heavy in in my family. And when I watched my dad, you know, serve our then pastor, you know, and then my dad, you know, was getting too involved with work. And then I had to come in his place and serve my, my pastor. So that servanthood is, is so very important, you know, as a leader, knowing how to serve is, is so very important as well. So um, what, what another thing, too, and, and uh, unless you have something else to say about servanthood, you, you can go for it. I would just say task <laughs> over title. That's why I say it. Mm. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a task over a title because here's what I tell uh, everyone that comes into the church. Right when they go to our, we call our our membership class, our family class. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell them, look, um, we don't give titles here. We give tasks. Wow. And if you're looking for a title, you're in the wrong place. Because on, I've man. seen it too many times where people get titles and it becomes their identity. That's it. So I tell them, you got to fall in love with the vision and not the position. That's it. That's it. And so when we when we when we teach people that from the get go that it's not about the position, it's about the vision. Mm. The moment I move them, they're not offended. It, there you go. They understand so, the shift. They understand, they understand the shift. It. That's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. Absolutely. So so vision vision trumps position mm, mm, all day mm. because the vision is where we're going. And you know, I, I, and I and I teach my leaders that. And so when I move them, they're no, they're they say, okay, pastor, whatever we need to do to help move this vision forward. And that's Jesus. that tells you right there that someone is if someone is not teachable, they're not they're not leadership uh, capable. Wow. And that's one of the things I look for: are you teachable? teachable. Are you correctable? And um, when, when I see that in someone, I say, okay, you're ready. You're you're mm. ready to to mm. lead because because the next person that's coming up, you're not gonna. You're not going to diminish them. You're going to help pull them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, absolutely. And, and I think one of the things too is that <clears throat> that I think sometimes in, in I'm going to say for the sake of I'm going to say the old church, uh, what sometimes it happened is that you had individuals who all throughout the week had no uh, no title in their job, nothing to really no no position of authority on their job, and then they get on Sunday and they got that position. Mm-hmm. And now they can go for it because <laughs> yeah. I got that title. I got that position. But then all throughout the. You, uh-huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. You're good. I, I, you know, it's funny that you say that because there's a story that I always use mm-hmm. from my parents ministry. You know, you know, we can learn from mom and pops. Yes, they, Lord. They, I know that's right. They did a lot of things, that, uh, <laughs> good things, but bad things mm-hmm. that we wouldn't do mm-hmm. in ministry. One of the things is I always share this. Um, I don't ever place the person in the wrong position. Because it's a detriment not only to them but to the ministry as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I mean by that is I, I take people's personality. I'm like, what's your personality profile? I'm gonna get a personality profile wow. in our class, and I want I want to know how you're wired, how you're hardwired. Because Jesus. the way you're hardwired, that's the way God created you. If you're an introvert, I'm not gonna put you at the door trying to hug people. You just it's, you're gonna clam up. 
I'm going to place you where you're going to be able to grow mm-hmm. as a person mm. and your gifting is going to grow. And so, you know, my parents, you know, I share the story. They they had the, the meanest, you know, ugliest looking deacon at the door. And one day I was walking in and I said, dad, I don't even want to come to your church. See. This lady just mad dogging me like, like, like staring me down because she was not in her gifted area. Right. And so she just, she didn't know how to react. And so we just tweak things like that. But, you know, and I also say that, like, you know, when people, when they love and they understand the vision, they're going to run for it. They're yeah. going to go for it. Yeah. But if they don't understand and there's no clarity, I say it like this, if it's, if it's misty in the pulpit, it's going to be foggy in the pews. Wow. Wow. And if there's no clarity from our end to the people, they're just going to be it's this everybody's going to be scrambling there's the leaders are not going to know what to do and not know what to say and so it's important to me these things to bring clarity to to leadership and to the church and it's funny you said that story because um true story happened to my wife and i as well we uh back up in philadelphia we were born and raised um we went to the went to go visit a church and they had this outside foyer you know and then you know the doors are closed and then you can go into the sanctuary well, we went in and we had in the foyer and, uh, you know, kind of, I think, uh, I think we kind of tugged on the door and, uh, the, the usher that was there, she gave us a mean face and snapped at us and don't, don't touch the door or something like that. She said, and we were like, okay, we both looked at each other and we turned right back around and <laughs> left that church, you know, wow. because it makes a difference, man. If you're going to be a gatekeeper, yeah. the last thing you need to be is is not a per- people person, you know. Uh, you got to have the love of Christ. And we, we talk about our values as a church. Our values are our behaviors. Mm. And I'll, I'll share this with my leader. Let's say our values are our behaviors. So here's, here's our five values as a church. Mm-hmm. Number one, we pray. This is our foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's our first and last resort. So we're, we're a praying church. Mm-hmm. So you come into CWC, you're going to get prophesied on. The Lord's going to speak. We pray. That's just what we do. Yeah. The second thing is we worship. Mm-hmm. It's our response. It's our response to God. We're worshipers. Mm-hmm. It's not what we do. It's a way of life. The third thing is we're, we're, we do everything with excellence. Mm-hmm, it's our mm-hmm. pursuit. Mm. Then the fourth thing is we're givers of our time, talent, and treasures. It's it's our nature. Come on. We're come givers. on. Come on. And then finally... Here it is. Number five, we love everyone, mm-hmm. regardless of race, mm-hmm. creed, That's right. color, background. It don't matter. We don't yeah. love you. Yeah. And I say it like this. People people look at me funny. I say, we don't love the hell out of you. Yeah, that's Not right. So yeah. We, we love you. Uh-huh. And I say that because it's our behaviors. It's second, it's second nature to us. And as we do that, I, on Sunday, I had a, a gentleman come up to me after the service. He says, he's crying. He says, Pastor, like, I've never felt this much love from people when I walked wow. in from wow. them parking my car wow. from me walking in and, and I said it's just what we do yeah yeah it's and, and that's a behavior which creates your culture mm-hmm. so what, what's happened in that situation where your wife and you walked into that's a culture that was created yeah yeah and nobody stopped it mm. and so we we've decided to 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 take hold you know, like the Bible says, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take hold of the atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm, you gotta, mm-hmm, you gotta mm-hmm. control that atmosphere. Well, we need, we take, we can take control of the culture Jesus. in our church to make sure that That's good. when the enemy tries to come in, he ain't gonna be comfortable there. See, come on, <laughs> and come so, on. Yeah. So <laughs> I think those values and those behaviors. They, they rub off on your people and again yeah. that's leadership right when yeah. you are yeah. when you're speaking in from the pulpit and everybody's clear about those values they're gonna live them out 
yeah. they're lived out. It, it, so I think that's so important. It's it's interesting. I one of the things I remember saying and sharing in a in a leadership session one time, I had to give a clarification to it. When I see you, I ought to see my back. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 when I see you, I ought to see my back. Uh, um, and, and, and when people see you, even out on the street, I remember uh, shared this in the first session when I was first licensed. Um, there was a deacon and his wife came to my wife and I and said, you know, when they see you, they need to see her. When they see her, they need to see you. So you represent each other. You represent Christ no matter where you go. And as a leader, same thing out in the community, it still reflects. And we've always got to be mindful that, you know, I, I'm still a member of, of Community Worship Center. I'm still a member of, of Messiah Community Christian Church, you know, uh, of how I conduct myself. So therefore, you never know that there could be an individual watching you right. in, in the community, watching you and say, oh, does she go to so-and-so's church? You know, and, and that makes such yeah. a big difference. And as a leader, we've got to be mindful of that. Not just having that title, but that task. I love that. Oh man, I'm Absolutely. I'm stealing that from you. I'm just letting you know that. Now. <laughs> Absolutely. My Absolutely. God. And you know, in uh, Matthew um, 26, it talks about how Jesus was on his way to be crucified, and Peter followed afar off. Um, and I saw this one time, and I, I ministered from this one time. And it's important that we really know our leaders. It's so very important that we know our leaders, know them that labor amongst you. And I think sometimes we don't take the time. And like you said, you said something very key, Pastor, you know, as far as their um, as far as their their personality, their character, you know, the integrity of an individual, you know, not just, OK, with well, this, how what you were over here. But I need to know what you're going to be here, you know. I don't know. I can't really tell if you were hellraiser over that way, and I don't. I don't need you to bring that same spirit over here. You know. You know. Uh, um, even even through the pandemic, how some things have shifted, even for us, in a wonderful way. <laughs> um, but in any case, sometimes that breaking away has to take place. That falling away has to take place. And um, but I think one of the things that we don't know who we're laboring with enough. Sometimes we don't take the time to really get to know people. Yeah. And I think I think as you as you're speaking, I mean, the the disciples were with Jesus every day. Every day. Week, yeah. Three years. Yeah. Hold up. So, Watch I this. Mean, and yet they still said, Teach us how to pray. That's right. <laughs> and they watched him pray and yeah, they saw him yeah. up and pray and they went looking for him while uh -huh. he was praying. I mean, so you know, you know, it's going to take us, and, and that's why discipleship is important because it's going to take us time. Like, you know, at times the pastors, like, we, we, you know, we, we're like, they don't get it. Like, uh, you know, I, sometimes I get frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, a go getter. Right. <laughs> and I'll be like, come on, you got to get it. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, then I, then I go back and, and I'm like, oh, Peter was with, was with Jesus for three and a half years every day. And he still denied him. Still. And still. he still was used by still. So let me, let me step back. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And, and give them another opportunity. I think that's important, um, you know, for all leaders, because we've all gone through it. You know, you you and I both were, 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 mm -hmm. were the same in this world. We grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we grew up seeing ministers. We, we mm -hmm. grew up seeing the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah, that's right. You know? mm -hmm. And so I think that gives us an added edge because... A pastor friend, um, he told me one time, uh, Stacy Spencer. He's a, he's out of Memphis. Oh yeah, um, yeah. 
and and so one one I was at this this collaborative they asked me to be a part of years ago, mm-hmm. and he 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 said, hey, take my number and call me anytime. Mm-hmm. So we 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 talked back and forth. And so I called him one day and I said, hey man, I'm struggling here. He said, he said, um, how long were your parents in ministry? And I said, 39 years. Mm. He said, you have 39 years experience. You may not have sat in that chair, wow. but you were around it. You heard it. You saw it. You experienced it. And you know, Pastor Frank, that just gave me so much relief yeah, to say, yeah. wait a minute, I do have experience. Yeah, yeah. I do know what I'm talking about because I was living that thing. I heard my parents at the table. I, you know, I was there. Mm. And so it, it helped me to know, okay, mm. I may not have been in that, you know, senior pastor role. Right, right. Uh, but, but, but I was there. I saw it. And so... It helped me as a leader and then now as a pastor to continue to grow. I think that that's the advantage that we have yeah. as, as pastors now. Wow. Um, you, you said a mouthful. to help those. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying you said a mouthful because I think there's some things that we don't realize that has made an imprint, an impression upon our spirits. That sometimes we, we, we've gone through, we, we've been around, but we don't realize the impression that it's making. Upon us, how it has has been embedded in our DNA. Um, yeah, I, I I do. I want to touch on one thing um, because uh, something we talked about earlier. You're saying vision. You know, the Bible says, uh, "Write the vision, make it plain uh, upon tables, and that he may run that readeth it." Um, for the vision is yet for a point of time, but at the end it shall speak, not lie though tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. And 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 I think there's something very important in that aspect uh, when he said, <clears throat> "Write the vision, make it plain, and run." And I think there's there's things that even as pastors that we're doing, we're overdoing, and it's not yeah. our position to we. You know, he told us to write the vision, and then in turn we ought to have leaders. Uh, after we teach it and make it plain, we ought to be able to run with it. But I think sometimes right. what we're doing as pastors, we're writing, we're writing it, we're, we're, we're teaching it, and then we're running with it. And then we're wondering right. why we're burnt out. And we got to have leaders who will be, uh, who, who will be, uh, catch that vision and run with it. It's so very important. Yeah. And, you know, I, that scripture, Habakkuk, is so important because, um, there's a key word in there mm-hmm. or key couple of words, mm-hmm. three words, make it plain, make it plain. <laughs> and, you know, I've gone to ministries and they're like, you know, why is my, 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 you know, why is my, my ministry not thriving? Why is it not? Mm. And I'm like, tell me your vision. And they don't know their vision or it's like two, it's like three pages of vision. Right. I'm like, come on, you, you need to go back to Habakkuk and read that. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Cause you know, it says, write the vision, make it plain. That's it. And so here's our vision at CWC. Mm-hmm. Belong, believe, become. Wow. We want everyone to belong to our family, believe in Jesus, and become all that God created them to be. Praise That's our God. Vision. Praise God. Okay. And, and vision okay. is where you're going. And I, we made it so simple that our kids' ministry know it. Wow. You know, and so it, it's to be plain enough so that when people come, they know where we're going. We want everyone to belong. We want everyone to believe in Jesus. We want, we want you to become all God created you to be. You're not a carbon copy. God created you right. unique. And there's a purpose and a plan that he has for your life. If not, he wouldn't have written Jeremiah 29, 11. Right. For I know the plans I have That's for you, it. declares the Lord. Jesus. So God has plans for my life. So so if he has a plan for my life, then he has a purpose for my life. Come on. If, if he has a purpose for my life, then I need to live out that purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's, that's so key, Pastor Frank, that... Mm-hmm. That we make it plain, you know. I think I like that. we try to over 
you know, we, we try to, you know, as pastors, man, we 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 be deep. Try to be so deep. Simple. That's it. You know, we have we have a burger joint here in LA called In and Out. Simple as that. In and Out has four things on their menu, and it's been the last sixty years that they have the four things on their menu. Now they have they have the hidden menu, mm-hmm. but the four things that you know on their menu, and there's lines. It don't matter what day it is. It don't matter what time of the day it is. There's lines wrapped around the block to mm-hmm. go to In and Out, mm-hmm. and it's a simple hamburger, simple fries, simple drink. But because they made it plain. Mm. See, what we don't realize is, is you or you go to like a, a we have a Jack in the Box here. Oh man! Oh man! But but you got you got fifty thousand things on the menu. They got Chinese food on the menu at a Jack in the Box. They got, but ain't nobody going. Why? Uh huh. Because they've overcomplicated yeah, the menu. Yeah, yeah. And we as a church have overcomplicated things. And Jesus Jesus spoke in parables. Why? Because he wasn't trying to speak to farmers and fishermen to to. You know, speak yeah. to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. in a theological manner. Mm-hmm. You know, he he spoke to he spoke to Nicodemus in a theological manner because he needed it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he made it plain for those to understand mm-hmm. it, and all those that were his apostles were were just plain men, fishermen, tax collectors, those that were around, and they changed the world. Wow. And I think um, we've been looking for those TD Jakes and those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. God God raises them up. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and those John Grays and those, mm-hmm. you know, people that, mm-hmm. that God is using in this hour. But, you know, he'll raise them up. Man. And I, I think I think it's important that we we look. Man, I'm looking. I'm looking for the Peters. I'm looking for yeah, the Diamond yeah. the Rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I see something in you that God is showing me, and I'm going to pull it out of you. And Man. you're going to be all that God created you to be. You better believe it. Yeah, it's, it's funny because when you talk about vision, because our, our three points are uh, embrace, encourage, and enlighten. Uh, in our vision, because Absolutely. it's an embrace a community through God's heart, encourage believers with God's love, and enlighten the generation by God's word. You know, and like you said, keep it so keep good. it simple, plain. You know, t- stop trying to be all deep, pastors, y'all. <laughs> keep it simple. And it's okay, yeah. you know, because theology is vital. It's mm-hmm, important mm-hmm. because we want to teach people the gospel, but at the same time, when it's about vision, I don't need to get all theological on you. Right. What, what, where am I leading the people? Because the vision is what God has downloaded to you mm-hmm. to take His His church. Mm-hmm. It ain't my church; it's His church. Where am I leading His people? Yeah. Because yeah. in the end, like you said, He's going to say, "Well done, good and faithful." That's servant. it. Servant. Servant. Pastor, bishop, leader, apostle, servant. So where am I leading His people? Right. And right. I'm, I'm and I'm jealous of God's work, and I'm jealous of His people. I'm jealous of His church, and I'm, you know, He's a jealous God. I'm going to be jealous of it. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure that. You know, he's going to look at me and say, son, I'm proud of you. That's what's up. That's what's so up. That's, that's important. To me. Oh, yes, I th- you know, one of the things I always shared, even even with other pastors <clears throat> and, and with leader sessions as well. I said one of the hardest tasks uh, uh, for a pastor is to teach a vision, to teach something that the Lord has, gave you, has given you, has shown you to a people who have no vision at that time. You know, um, because, you know, the, the division of a pastor is usually five, ten, you know, years in advance, per se. And then to teach it and then to have people that you want to raise up and pour into to catch that vision and run with it. You know, um, I go back to to the whole concept of even this uh, these these lessons or these uh, sessions about whether real leaders please stand up and going back to that TV show and even looking at the TV show today, uh, I think hosted by Anderson, how, you know, one individual uh, is the real one. And you have these other ones who are giving information that sounds good. 
Sounds impressive, but just not the real thing. And I think yeah. it's really important that we listen. We teach and we listen. We yeah. pour into, but we listen. You know, fill the heart of our leaders, fill the heart of those that are, who, who want to stand beside us, the Aaron and the Urs, you know, who are the ones yeah. holding up our arms. We want to, you know, make sure we have that Timothy to be able to pour into that God has given us and to nurture and to bring up. And it's so very important. But I think these sessions that we have, and, and I don't know, I, I may just continue it on uh, with another part three or what have you, but to really have to give people uh, something to listen to and something to grow from and glean from and some of the wisdom and nuggets, even from, you know, definitely from uh, individuals of yourself who've been in the ministry for such a long time. So I, I thank you, sir. I thank you for Absolutely. taking the time just to, you know, pour into and to to share and to, you know, iron sharpens iron, man, because I you gave me some good nuggets to, to go with. man. And I really believe I really believe and I'm, I'm co-signing with you that God is, is exposing and he, he's revealing. Yeah. I really believe that. And he's yeah. as you said, he's not done yet. He's not done yeah. yet. I, yeah. I really believe even through this whole thing of. Uh, you know, like I, I'll be honest with you, we haven't gone back, and we're actually going back next week as far as uh, worship on a lawn, and then uh, on outside because of the size of our church. You know, to be able to do that social distancing is not is not feasible as of yet. So we're still trying to be creative in that respect. But you know, right. so as the Lord allows us, you know, most definitely we will. We've been real con- consistent. Of course, on on Facebook and and Zoom and so forth, but um, right. but I, I really believe that he is not through exposing, he's not through revealing, and I, I think anybody who jumps ship in the midst of this was never meant to be on the ship. Absolutely, <laughs> and, I, and I think I, you know it's it's so true. I mean, you know the the size of our church, we we haven't been able to be in our building mm. um, because our church we're about four four fifty. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we went outside. Oh, we built the stage. We went outside. We took that oh, thing outside. And man. we've seen people come from the community. Now, in the last, I'll say this, our church, um, once the pandemic hit, we started giving lunches five days a week, awesome. um, Monday through Friday. And we were giving out 200 lunches per day. Um, and we saw, we decided, you know, the second day I said, the Lord said, pray for the people. Jesus. Pray for them. And um, since March... We stopped in June, but from March to May, we saw a thousand people give their lives to Christ. Wow, that's what's up, man. And then, and then in July, I said I stopped it for a month because our volunteers, people started going back to work. So yeah, 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 yeah. The Lord said, "Bring it back." And mm. so we started doing Tuesdays and Thursdays, and the Lord started opening doors, and we were seeing fifty-five and sixty people give their lives to Christ Jesus. on one day. And I'm talking about not a day. We start at twelve, and it's done. We're done at twelve forty-five. Okay. Lunches are gone. Okay. Okay. And you're talking about, you know, and so I just, I think I just got the numbers. It was, it was, uh, 1600 people, um, have given their lives to Christ since we started. And, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a church, in the midst of a pandemic, when the churches, and especially in California, we're supposed to remain closed. We ain't, right. And I said, we ain't closing these gates. We are going to, and the church is very essential in this time. And we've seen Mm. it around the United States, Mm. around the world, how the church, has stepped up and given food and all mm-hmm, these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I got, we got a letter from our chief of police and our mayor saying thank you uh, wow. because of all the stuff they're seeing. You know, and the world is seeing what we're doing, and that's important because if we're closed, then what happens? What happens? You know, the de- the devil wins. Jeez. Not not here. We're going to remain open and do what mm-hmm. God called us to do, and we're seeing 
the fruit of that. So yeah. I, I'm just I'm just excited to see what God is going to do in these next um, several months because I, I see all these memes and people are saying, you know, I can't wait till 2020 is over. I'm like, nah, man, I'm, I'm this I can't is... wait to see more. I'm, I'm, I want to see 3,000 people get saved this year. And our goal mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year was a thousand. That was our wow. goal for the year, a thousand salvations. We've seen. Sixteen hundred salvations. My God. And, and so um, I, I told my leadership last night. I said I want to see three thousand people saved. And I look at it like this. It? Absolutely, he can. Yeah, yeah, he can. He can, and he will. And, and my thing is this. You know, like you just said, people saying they can't wait till twenty twenty is over. I'm saying if he's doing this, what he's doing through the church in twenty twenty. Yeah, I'm excited for twenty twenty one, but it's going to be even better. Absolutely. Because in the midst Absolutely. of it, like you said, you know, and even through, you know, even if you haven't been able to open pastors, even if you haven't been able to do that, but social media, it allows us to reach individuals that otherwise would want to come to our ministry and because of distance is not able to. So it gives you that means. I remember almost a year ago, and I'm sure you can relate to this. I can, I can remember almost a year ago, there were some pastors who were like, no, Facebook is bad. You know, uh, social media is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, but now... <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. it's your best friend now. They all are now. <laughs> and us, we we we've been blessed because I think you know we've been doing uh, Facebook Live and YouTube Live for the last four years. Mm. So we started right off the gate, and we started online giving. So not about yeah. ninety-seven yeah. percent of our church gives online. So when this pandemic oh, came, oh, shot up. did you say everything shot up? What percentage? About ninety-seven percent of our our giving is online. Because we've been doing it for four years. Got you. So we started from the the get go. So it's just and it's and people give recurring. It just comes, you know, they they have it come out of their bank account and all that. And and so we've just seen when the pandemic hit, we weren't hurting. But I'm gonna tell you this: for the last three years, Monday through Friday, six to seven a.m., our church prays. We are in church praying, and the Lord gave me a mandate to pray. And I said that's our first value. Thank you. Thank so you, God. this is why God is revealing the authentic now. Those churches that have been digging in, because now all of a sudden it hit. Now everybody wants to start praying. Now everybody's right. crying out Second right. Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. So, but but we've been doing it. Yeah. And there's yeah. churches that have been doing it, and they've been under the radar. But God says, I'm about to bring you to the forefront now to lead this next wave. Jesus. And we ran to the church in nine eleven. Absolutely. You couldn't find a church empty. You couldn't find a, a, a empty pew in the church. And then once that kind of panned down, everything got quiet, everything got back to normal, then everybody forgot about the church. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. My God. But, but this is the next, I, I believe this with all my heart, Pastor Frank, that, that the Lord Jesus. is about to cause a second revival. A second oh, wave God. is coming. Thank you, God. And Thank it's, you, God. it's going to be, um, and here's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because you'll see that there ain't no mega church right now. Because ain't nobody it, open. Like it's that. all what, what even. Is, we're all on the same boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what God is causing is He's going to cause such a revival that Jesus. people are not going to go after. Jesus. They're not going to be looking through the eyes anymore. It's going to be. It's going to hit the heart. Is when I walk into that building, is the power of God there? Because that's what's going to transform me. I don't care about the lights and the Thank smoke and the and all this anymore. All the entertainment aspect is the presence of God there. That's what's going to move people. 
Jesus. That's what's going to draw people. And so we're after the presence. That's it. Like plain and simple. I want God's presence. That's it. You know, we have the lights. We have all that. That's great. Right. But when all the lights are off, is the presence is still the there? Is the presence still is there? Is the glory still there? Good God. Now, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I better stop. Jesus. But so oh. that to me means everything, Pastor Frank, is that mm-hmm. if his presence is not there, none of it matters. None of it matters. None of it matters. I'm draw all men unto me. That's it. And so I don't need to. I don't need to entertain you to mm. draw you to church. His presence should be more than enough. No, ah, thank you, God. Thank you. So good. I better God. stop. No, <laughs> man. No, 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 no. I think in that same vein, in that same vein, I, I, I want you. If you would just go into prayer for leaders. I need to yes. just lift up leaders, lift up the pastors, lift up the leaders to be more creative, to give, give for God to give them witty inventions, but most of all, also to for leaders to have the heart of their their their, their leaders, heart of their pastors. Uh, just just to just take us right on in, man. Take us right on in. Thank you, God. So, Father, we oh, come God. before you. We give you thanks and Thank praise. You, we give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for life. We thank you for blessing us yes, God. with breath yes, God. and I pray right now Lord for every leader every pastor Lord mm. as we pray every week for pastors and leaders Lord I pray for their lives now and I yes. thank you Lord that you have quickened in their spirits Lord even as they're listening to this podcast mm. they're, mm. they're mm. Lord you have quickened in their spirits Lord some some things that you're shifting and yes. some things that you're yes. you're shaking some things that you're sifting in their lives Lord and I thank you, Lord, that you are doing this and you are holding us accountable, Lord, because at this time, Lord, it's, it's, it's a revival that's coming. Yes. Uh-huh. And Lord, you are about to you are about to Ooh. cause a revival to take place, Lord, for what the enemy meant for evil. You're going to turn, turn it for it your around. good. Yes, God. And so I thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. for every pastor that has been travailing, that has been has been behind thank closed you. doors, been been seeking, been 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 looking, Lord. And I pray, Lord, right now that they can get creativity from the Creator. Yes. That yes. they can know, Lord, yes. that you love them, that you want to use them, and it's that time, Lord, that you're going to reveal them to this world. I just give you thanks and praise for the lives, and I pray that you continue to bless them and use them in a mighty way, Lord. Cover your people. Yes, God. And we just give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Bless your name, God. Oh, you're worthy, God. Oh, you're worthy, God. Oh, you're worthy. Thank you, God. Bless your name. Thank you, God. Pastor, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, I just, sir. And most importantly, thank you, Holy Spirit, just to come in and take total control. Ah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. But thank you once again. Even listeners, listen, you've been listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Frank Robertson and Pastor Ruben, uh, our guest um, uh, co-host from uh, Gardena, uh, California Community Worship Center. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And, and tell somebody about this podcast. Tell somebody, spread the news, share the link. And I'm telling you, there's more to come. God bless you. Hey, you are listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. Listen, you're about to enjoy a special edition uh, that the Lord placed on my heart. And we're just going to briefly talk about marriage. Is that all right? Cool. You know, 
marriage being the what, who, the why, and and most importantly, how. <laughs> and the great thing is, through the transparency of what we will share, th- there's a great ending to what I call the stage. And now stay with me. And we call it a stage because one thing about marriage is we've discovered is there is a performance after performance required. Now, before you take that out of context, performance is not a bad thing. We perform every day of our lives. You perform to get your boo. You perform on your job. You perform at the gym. You perform uh, uh, so many other places. However, as many of us come to realize getting them when it comes to relationship, getting them is the easy part. And the hard part, the work, the performance is keeping them. And this requires performing for them, performing through deeds, actions, and more. Again, stay with me. I'm going somewhere because both on a uh, daily basis and, and most definitely in the bedroom. Hello, somebody. Now, now <laughs> we've got to perform. All right. So, so now that we have that understanding, let's go ahead and move forward. Because what do you do when you wake up after saying, I do, now having to do what you honestly thought you would never do, but now there's no turning back to doing it? <laughs> it's through good and through the bad, the ever so controversial, you know how people have issues with the for richer or for poor. Now, now you have to do. Now just think about the richer and poorer factor. Like really, richer or poor? Or poorer. No, no, no matter the situation, you have taken a vow to protect this person and love on them in spite of. Finances can be a heavy weight on a relationship. When all is going well, the love is steamy and creative. Come on, somebody. But when all hell is breaking loose, budget is tight, that's when the true love kicks in. I think I think one way to deal with or overcome this struggle is being partners and, and being friends, you know, uh, respecting each other's visions, respecting each other's uh, aspirations and goals and dreams. As partners, we hold each other's arms up. We we cheer each other on. And yes, through richer or for poorer, we vow to stand for each other. Now, with both our, uh, you know, individual entrepreneurship paths that my wife and I have and combined, being partners is, is a great path that we are walking on. And then finally, How do you take all that you have been through, all the joy, anticipation, frustration, feelings of wanting to walk away, feelings of I can do better all by myself. Now, I know there are some perfect marriages out there. We are not talking to you all. We're talking to some real folks who have had the emotions up and down, roller coaster emotions of the excitement and sadness of losing loved ones, rejection, doors slammed in your face, doubt, fear. I can go on and on, but take the emotional roller coaster of feelings that all could occur in a moment of a marriage. How do you push past you and look at them? Now, I have to refer to the scripture where Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's Philippians 3.13. In other words, I have not arrived. Knowing I haven't arrived, I need to remain grounded. I need to remain uh, focused and keep my eye on the prize. And if you choose to always make it all about you, guess what? Uh, that's precisely who you're going to end up with, you. Marriage to me are two independent persons now having to see, move, attack life as one. Oh, God. In order to do this successfully, having tremendous examples of some of the greatest marriages that we've had in our lives, you know, perfection by no means, but these marriages have really inspired us to push past us. My greatest heroes are my parents. <laughs> my wife's greatest heroes are her parents. 
you know. Uh, um, but the thing about it is, is, you know, you got to understand that you're talking about a man who's a provider, a man uh, uh, who protects, uh, someone who is covering you. I've always shared that if I could be half the man that my dad was, listen, that would be fine with me. He left us saying, he left us with a saying that will always stay with us months after he died. And he, he, he said, you know, even if the Lord, if God chooses not to heal him, I know that he's able. That's faith. That's strong faith, y'all, that encourages, uh, uh, continues to encourage my wife and I. His last in, 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 in life and his last few months of health struggles really, really inspired us, really inspired us and strengthened our marriage. My mom, you know, you know, she's she's up in age and, you know, uh, we, we continue to cover her in prayer. You know, my sisters and I, we make every attempt to enjoy every moment that we have with her. And, you know, she's our queen, our rock, our comedian. <laughs> but there's also a twinkle in her eye that we see every single time uh, when we talk about the scriptures and so forth. But even coming up in a solid household, parents together, Christian home, a family that prayed together, it still had challenges. You know, I come from a lineage of uh, pastors, and and that's an added <laughs> that's an added pressure right there, assuring that your that your children uh, have all that they need, that your marriage is tight, and that you're accomplishing all that God called you to. These these responsibilities I first saw balanced by my grandfather. Uh, Amen. A, a strong and powerful man. He, he oversaw our family tribe with a stern eye and, and, a, and a word, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There was a time that family name meant something. I pushed that with my children that, <clears throat> that when we conduct ourselves outside of the family unit, upholding the family name ought to mean something. You know, back in the day, Sister Sledge uh, used to have a song called We Are Family. And this, this is what our family stands on. This is what all families need to really embrace again. And being family strong is important to me. Being proud to be a Robinson is important to me. My, my children, my wife, and most of all, the legacy that will follow who I am, what I do, is important to me. And I'm confident that when we return to upholding our family values, our family name, and concentrating and focusing on the legacy that we're leaving behind, we're going to see less divorces, less abuse, less single homes. We are family. I hope this was a blessing for you. Just a little nugget and something just to take on for the rest of the week. God bless you. Tell somebody about Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. God bless you. Hey, you are listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. Listen, you're about to enjoy a special edition uh, that the Lord placed on my heart and we're just going to briefly talk about marriage. Is that all right? Cool. You know, marriage being the what, who, the why, and, and most importantly, how. <laughs> and the great thing is through the transparency of what we will share, there's a great 
ending to what I call this stage. And now stay with me. And we call it a stage because one thing about marriage is we discovered is there is a performance after performance required. Now, before you take that out of context, performance is not a bad thing. We perform every day of our lives. You perform to get your boo. You perform on your job. You perform at the gym. You perform uh, uh, so many other places. However, as many of us come to realize, getting them, when it comes to relationship, getting them is the easy part. And the hard part, the work, the performance is keeping them. And this requires performing for them, performing through deeds, actions, and more. Again, stay with me. I'm going somewhere because both on a uh, daily basis and, and most definitely in the bedroom. Hello, somebody. Now, now <laughs> we've got to perform. All right. So, so now that we have that understanding, let's go ahead and move forward because what do you do when you wake up after saying, I do now having to do what you honestly thought you would never do, but now there's no turning back to doing it. It's through good and through the bad, the ever so controversial. You know how people have issues with the for richer or for poor. Now, now you have to do. Now, just think about the richer and poor factor. Like, really? Richer or poor? Or poor? No, no, no matter the situation, you have taken a vow to protect this person and love on them in spite of. Finances can be a heavy weight on a relationship when all is going well the love is steamy and creative come on somebody but when all hell is breaking loose budget is tight that's when the true love kicks in i think i think one way to deal with or overcome this struggle is being partners and, and being friends you know uh, respecting each other's visions respecting each other's uh, aspirations and goals and dreams as partners we hold each other's arms up we we cheer each other on and yes through richer or for poorer we vow to stand for each other now with both our uh, you know, individual entrepreneurship paths that my wife and I have and combined being partners is is a great path that we are walking on and then finally how do you take all that you have been through, all the joy, anticipation, frustration, feelings of wanting to walk away, feelings of I can do better all by myself? Now, I know there are some perfect marriages out there. We are not talking to you all. We're talking to some real folks who have had the emotions up and down, roller coaster emotions of the excitement and sadness of losing loved ones, rejection, doors slammed in your face, doubt, fear. I can go on and on, but take the emotional roller coaster of feelings that all could occur in a moment of a marriage. How do you push past you and look at them? Now, I have to refer to the scripture where Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's Philippians 3.13. In other words, I have not arrived. Knowing I haven't arrived, I need to remain grounded. I need to remain uh, focused and keep my eye on the prize. And if you choose to always make it all about you, guess what? Uh that's precisely who you're going to end up with, you. Marriage to me, two independent persons now having to see, move, attack life as one. Oh, God. In order to do this successfully, having tremendous examples of some of the greatest marriages that we've had in our lives, you know, perfection by no means. But these marriages have really inspired us to push past us. My greatest heroes are my parents. <laughs> my wife's greatest heroes are her parents. 
you know, uh, um, but the thing about it is, is, you know, you got to understand that you're talking about a man who's a provider, a man uh, uh, who protects, uh, someone who is covering you. I've always shared that if I could be half the man that my dad was, listen, that would be fine with me. He left us saying, he left us with a saying that will always stay with us months after he died. And he, he, he said, you know, even if the Lord, if God chooses not to heal him, I know that he's able. That's faith. That's strong faith, y'all. That encourages, uh, uh, continues to encourage my wife and I. His last in, 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 in life and his last few months of health struggles really, really inspired us, really inspired us and strengthened our marriage. My mom, you know, you know, she's she's up in age and, you know, uh, we, we continue to cover her in prayer. You know, my sisters and I, we make every attempt to enjoy every moment that we have with her. And, you know, she's our queen, our rock, our comedian. <laughs> but there's also a twinkle in her eye that we see every single time uh, when we talk about the scriptures and so forth. But even coming up in a solid household, parents together, Christian home, a family that prayed together, it still had challenges. You know, I come from a lineage of uh, pastors and, and that's an added <laughs> that's an added pressure right there. Assuring that your that your children uh, have all that they need, that your marriage is tight and that you're accomplishing all that God called you to. These, these responsibilities I first saw balanced by my grandfather, uh, Amen. A, a strong and powerful man. He, he oversaw our family tribe with a stern eye and, and, a, and a word, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There was a time that family name meant something. I pushed that with my children, that, <clears throat> that when we conduct ourselves outside of the family unit, upholding the family name ought to mean something. You know, back in the day, Sister Sledge, uh, used to have a song called We Are Family. And this, this is what our family stands on. This is what all families need to really embrace again. Being family strong is important to me. Being proud to be a Robinson is important to me. My, my children, my wife, and most of all, the legacy that will follow who I am, what I do, is important to me. And I'm confident that when we return to upholding our family values, our family name, and concentrating and focusing on the legacy that we're leaving behind, we're gonna see less divorces, less abuse, less single homes. We are family. I hope this was a blessing for you. Just a little nugget and something just to take on for the rest of the week. God bless you. Tell somebody about Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. God bless you. Hey, you are listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. Listen, you're about to enjoy a special edition uh, that the Lord placed on my heart, and we're just going to briefly talk about marriage. Is that all right? Cool. You know, marriage being the what, who, the why, and, and most importantly, how. <laughs> and the great thing is, through the transparency of what we will share, there, there's a great 
ending to what I call the stage. And now stay with me. And we call it a stage because one thing about marriage is we've discovered is there is a performance after performance required. Now, before you take that out of context, performance is not a bad thing. We perform every day of our lives. You perform to get your boo. You perform on your job. You perform at the gym. You perform uh, uh, so many other places. However, as many of us come to realize, getting them, when it comes to relationship, getting them is the easy part. And the hard part, the work, the performance is keeping them. And this requires performing for them, performing through deeds, actions, and more. Again, stay with me. I'm going somewhere because both on a uh, daily basis and, and most definitely in the bedroom. Hello, somebody. Now, now <laughs> we've got to perform. All right. So, so now that we have that understanding, let's go ahead and move forward because what do you do when you wake up after saying, I do now having to do what you honestly thought you would never do, but now there's no turning back to doing it. It's through good and through the bad, the ever so controversial. You know how people have issues with the for richer or for poor. Now, now you have to do. Now, just think about the richer and poorer factor. Like, really? Richer or poor? Or poorer? No, no, no matter the situation, you have taken a vow to protect this person and love on them in spite of. Finances can be a heavy weight on a relationship when all is going well the love is steamy and creative come on somebody but when all hell is breaking loose budget is tight that's when the true love kicks in i think i think one way to deal with or overcome this struggle is being partners and, and being friends you know uh, respecting each other's visions respecting each other's uh, aspirations and goals and dreams as partners we hold each other's arms up we we cheer each other on and yes through richer or for poor we vow to stand for each other now with both our uh you know individual entrepreneurship paths that my wife and i have and combined being partners is is a great path that we are walking on and then finally how do you take all that you have been through, all the joy, anticipation, frustration, feelings of wanting to walk away, feelings of I can do better all by myself. Now, I know there are some perfect marriages out there. We are not talking to you all. We're talking to some real folks who have had the emotions up and down, roller coaster emotions of the excitement and sadness of losing loved ones, rejection, doors slammed in your face, doubt, fear. I can go on and on, but take the emotional roller coaster of feelings that all could occur in a moment of a marriage. How do you push past you and look at them? Now, I have to refer to the scripture where Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's Philippians 3.13. In other words, I have not arrived. Knowing I haven't arrived, I need to remain grounded. I need to remain uh, focused and keep my eye on the prize. And if you choose to always make it all about you, guess what? Uh, that's precisely who you're going to end up with, you. Marriage to me are two independent persons now having to see, move, attack life as one. Oh, God. In order to do this successfully, having tremendous examples of some of the greatest marriages that we've had in our lives, you know, perfection by no means, but these marriages have really inspired us to push past us. 
my greatest heroes are my parents. <laughs> my wife's greatest heroes are her parents, you know. Uh, um, but the thing about it is, is, you know, you got to understand that you're talking about a man who's a provider, a man uh, uh, who protects, uh, someone who is covering you. I've always shared that if I could be half the man that my dad was, listen, that would be fine with me. He left us saying, he left us with a saying that will always stay with us months after he died. And he, he, he said, you know, even if the Lord, if God chooses not to heal him, I know that he's able. That's faith. That's strong faith, y'all. That encourages, uh, uh, continues to encourage my wife and I. His last in, 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 in life and his last few months of health struggles really, really inspired us, really inspired us and strengthened our marriage. My mom, you know, you know, she's she's up in age and, you know, uh, we, we continue to cover her in prayer. You know, my sisters and I, we make every attempt to enjoy every moment that we have with her. And, you know, she's our queen, our rock, our comedian. <laughs> but there's also a twinkle in her eye that we see every single time uh, when we talk about the scriptures and so forth. But even coming up in a solid household, parents together, Christian home, a family that prayed together, it still had challenges. You know, I come from a lineage of uh, pastors and, and that's an added <laughs> that's an added pressure right there. Assuring that your that your children uh, have all that they need, that your marriage is tightened, that you're accomplishing all that God called you to. These, these responsibilities I first saw balanced by my grandfather, uh, Amen. A, a strong and powerful man. He, he oversaw our family tribe with a stern eye and, and, a, and a word, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There was a time that family name meant something. I pushed that with my children that, <clears throat> that when we conduct ourselves outside of the family unit, upholding the family name ought to mean something. You know, back in the day, Sister Sledge uh, used to have a song called We Are Family. And this, this is what our family stands on. This is what all families need to really embrace again. And being family strong is important to me. Being proud to be a Robinson is important to me. My, my children, my wife, and most of all, the legacy that will follow who I am, what I do, is important to me. And I'm confident that when we return to upholding our family values, our family name, and concentrating and focusing on the legacy that we're leaving behind. We're gonna see less divorces, less abuse, less single homes. We are family. I hope this was a blessing for you. Just a little nugget and something just to take on for the rest of the week. God bless you. Tell somebody about Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. God bless you. Hey, you are listening to Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. Listen, you're about to enjoy a special edition uh, that the Lord placed on my heart, and we're just going to briefly talk about marriage. Is that all right? Cool. You know, marriage being the what, who, the why, and and most importantly, how. <laughs> and the great thing is, through 
the transparency of what we will share. There's a great ending to what I call the stage. And now stay with me. And we call it a stage because one thing about marriage is we've discovered is there is a performance after performance required. Now, before you take that out of context, performance is not a bad thing. We perform every day of our lives. You perform to get your boo. You perform on your job. You perform at the gym. You perform uh, uh, so many other places. However, as many of us come to realize, getting them, when it comes to relationship, getting them is the easy part. And the hard part, the work, the performance is keeping them. And this requires performing for them, performing through deeds, actions, and more. Again, stay with me. I'm going somewhere because both on a uh, daily basis and, and most definitely in the bedroom. Hello, somebody. Now, now <laughs> we've got to perform. All right. So, so now that we have that understanding, let's go ahead and move forward because what do you do when you wake up after saying, I do now having to do what you honestly thought you would never do, but now there's no turning back to doing it. It's through good and through the bad, the ever so controversial. You know how people have issues with the for richer or for poor. Now, now you have to do. Now, just think about the richer and poorer factor. Like, really? Richer or, before or poorer? No, no, no matter the situation, you have taken a vow to protect this person and love on them in spite of. Finances can be a heavy weight on a relationship when all is going well the love is steamy and creative come on somebody but when all hell is breaking loose budget is tight that's when the true love kicks in i think i think one way to deal with or overcome this struggle is being partners and, and being friends you know uh, respecting each other's visions respecting each other's uh, aspirations and goals and dreams as partners we hold each other's arms up we we cheer each other on and yes through richer or for poor we vow to stand for each other now with both our uh you know individual entrepreneurship paths that my wife and i have and combined being partners is is a great path that we are walking on and then finally how do you take all that you have been through, all the joy, anticipation, frustration, feelings of wanting to walk away, feelings of I can do better all by myself. Now, I know there are some perfect marriages out there. We are not talking to you all. We're talking to some real folks who have had the emotions up and down, roller coaster emotions of the excitement and sadness of losing loved ones, rejection, doors slammed in your face, doubt, fear. I can go on and on, but take the emotional roller coaster of feelings that all could occur in a moment of a marriage. How do you push past you and look at them? Now, I have to refer to the scripture where Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended. That's Philippians 3.13. In other words, I have not arrived. Knowing I haven't arrived, I need to remain grounded. I need to remain uh, focused and keep my eye on the prize. And if you choose to always make it all about you, guess what? Uh, that's precisely who you're going to end up with. You. Marriage to me are two independent persons now having to see, move, attack life as one. Oh, God. In, in, in order to do this successfully, Having tremendous examples of some of the greatest marriages that we've had uh, uh, in our lives, you know, perfection by no means, but these marriages have really inspired us to push past us. My greatest heroes are my parents. <laughs> my wife's greatest heroes are her parents. 
you know, uh, um, but the thing about it is, is, you know, you got to understand that you're talking about a man who's a provider, a man uh, uh, who protects, someone who is covering you. I've always shared that if I could be half the man that my dad was, listen, that would be fine with me. He left us saying, he left us with a saying that will always stay with us months after he died. And he, he, he said, you know, even if the Lord, if God chooses not to heal him, I know that he's able that's faith. That's strong faith, y'all. That encourages, uh, uh, continues to encourage my wife and I. And his last in, 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 in life and his last few months of health struggles really, really inspired us. Really inspired us and strengthened our marriage. And my mom, you know, you know, she's she's up in age, and you know, uh, we we continue to cover her in prayer. You know, my sisters and I, we make every attempt to enjoy every moment that we have with her. And, you know, she's our queen, our rock, our comedian. <laughs> but there's also a twinkle in her eye that we see every single time uh, when we talk about the scriptures and so forth. But even coming up in a solid household, parents together, Christian home, a family that prayed together, it still had challenges. You know, I come from a lineage of uh, pastors, and and that's an added <laughs> that's an added pressure right there, assuring that your that your children uh, have all that they need, that your marriage is tight, and that you're accomplishing all that God called you to. These these responsibilities I first saw balanced by my grandfather, uh, Amen, a, a strong and powerful man. He he oversaw our family tribe with a stern eye and and a, and a word. Proverbs three five and six. There was a time that family name meant something. I pushed that with my children that, <clears throat> that when we conduct ourselves outside of the family unit, upholding the family name ought to mean something. You know, back in the day, Sister Sledge uh, used to have a song called We Are Family. And this, this is what our family stands on. This is what all families need to really embrace again. And being family strong is important to me. Being proud to be a Robinson is important to me. My, my children, my wife, and most of all, the legacy that will follow who I am, what I do, is important to me. And I'm confident that when we return to upholding our family values, our family name, and concentrating and focusing on the legacy that we're leaving behind, we're going to see less divorces, less abuse, less single homes. We are family. I hope this was a blessing for you. Just a little nugget and something just to take on for the rest of the week. God bless you. Tell somebody about Let's Empower with yours truly, Pastor Robinson. God bless you.